there's a power about sharing our own perceived weaknesses because it's a liberating for yourself to share it. Cause now you're like, wow, that's off my chest. The world knows, <laughs> but then B you get to connect with other people who are going through the same struggles. Hi, this is Jake Heilbrunn, host of Curious with Jake Heilbrunn podcast. And if you want to live a life by design, then you should be listening to the free time podcast with my buddy, Carl Sona. Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning into another episode of the Free Time Podcast. I'm so happy you chose to give the show a listen because our guest today is Jake Heilbrunn, host of the hit podcast, Curious with Jake. At age 18, Jake took a leap of faith that landed him in the jungles of Central America as he sought after his true purpose. His courageous leap led him to authoring an Amazon bestseller titled Off the Beaten Trail, and as if that wasn't epic enough, Jake hit the TEDx stage as a speaker and became a lifestyle entrepreneur traveling the world before an unforeseen health issue changed his life. Today's episode is all about trusting and following your inner voice, even when the events in the outside world don't seem to match up. And I couldn't be more thrilled than to have Jake here to help us understand exactly how to do this through his story. Jake, thanks for being here, bro. Thank you for having me and for that epic introduction. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, one of my favorite podcasters is Tom Bilyeu. And before I ever started the show, I just was like trying to figure out, all right, like what's the right way to do this without it being awkward for me or the guest. And I just always admired his ability to like synthesize the guest's life and then bring them on with a cool roll call. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of juice, man, for what we're about to do here today. <laughs> Big fan of Tom and I love, yeah, I, it totally, it totally worked. So I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, man, you and I have not had the opportunity to meet in real life yet. Hopefully we will someday soon, but I've been following your stuff and I've just always admired how you seem to be a guy that is a able to just to kind of get in flow, right? Like not much about you from my vantage point seems 
manufactured. And one of the reasons why I started the show was a few years ago, I was just hitting a wall in life. Like I felt stuck and I felt like a huge reason I was stuck was because I wasn't doing much to really seek out my purpose with my free time. You know, I know you're from Southern California and, and life seems to be pretty perfect there, but you and I both know that, you know, life is never perfect. So I'm curious, man, like what was that turning point for you when you realized that you weren't in flow and that you were living a life that was maybe a little more overly manufactured, right? Than what you would have liked. Yeah, great question. And I grew up in Southern California in a really nice neighborhood and community, uh, which I'm really grateful for because it gave me an amazing foundation. Um, and at the same time, there's a, a script that you're supposed to follow, or at least that's what I felt yeah. where it's, you know, you work hard, you go to college and you get a, a corporate job and you work at that. You kind of like stick to the path that's been paved out for you. And so I thought that was going to be my path. But one thing that did affect me growing up is my dad uh, pursued a job that he hated, but it provided for our family. And, you know, he kind of, it was the same thing. And, and his father escaped from Nazi Germany and was, you know, it was pressure for my dad to, to be a doctor um, because that was, you know, in Nazi Germany, if you're a doctor, that could save your life and it's a stable. So, but my dad didn't like that. And, and it, you know, caused some issues in his life and, and that I witnessed growing up. And it definitely made me think deeper. Um, and I don't think I was fully aware of this as I was like a senior in high school, but I was already starting to question the narrative when I got to Ohio state uh, and, and, you know, and I, decided to go to college anyways. I had a good financial opportunity there, Ohio State, good sports, good academics, all the, all the cool things. And of course, a good party scene, which when you're 17 sounds, sounds <laughs> enticing. So I get there and then a few days after arriving, I started breaking out in, in hives and rashes all over my body. And I had no idea why. Um, and I saw doctors, immunologists, I had the pills, the creams. They were just like, you have chronic urticaria, which is a fancy name for saying your skin's freaking out. We have, <laughs> don't know why. Oh, wow. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, thanks <laughs> for putting a fancy name for this. But um, really, I was just spiraling with severe anxiety. And as a result, I went through kind of a, a depression. And, you know, I can look back now and see the beauty in that. It was it completely shattered my sense of reality, my sense of self. And I think in that shattering, made me go to some of these deeper questions of like, why am I here? What, what is my purpose in life? I would ask other people, I was trying to understand, like, what are you, what are you majoring in and why? And, and so yeah. much of it was, no, like, and of course there's people studying things they're passionate about, but so many people either A, didn't seem to care, B, were just kind of parting their way through. And I just, it just didn't make sense for me to be spending all my time um, physically, mentally, emotional energy, finances, on this path when I didn't even know what I wanted and I was just on this path. So that whole yeah. situation after one semester, I ended up um, taking a leave of absence, even though I knew deep down that I wasn't going back to school. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Were, were you ever nervous at all about what your parents would think or if they, you know, would, would take it as, oh, this is just Jake trying to cop out of the whole conventional college thing or what was that dynamic like just out of curiosity? Yeah, great question. And this is something I think is super important for any, you know, one who wants to make this decision or even for parents is because uh, I had a pretty open dialogue okay. with my parents. Um, so they knew that I was not doing well mentally. And they also know, like for me, my per I'm a hard worker. I was a Dean's List student mm -hmm. that semester in spite of all the mental health challenges I was going through. So they knew like I was, I was checking the proverbial <laughs> yeah. boxes, if you will. Um, and then both my parents went to Ivy League schools and 
So, so education was like, you're go, like, you know, you know, you don't not go to college no option. in my position, but I think because of the, yeah, because of the transparency and because I, I didn't drop out like right away, I was like, I'm taking a leave of absence. Um, and so, so they were, they were definitely supportive. I, I think the, the biggest thing is they were concerned. And I think it's sometimes when you tell these stories and I, and I know that's part of the way I portray it, but it wasn't like I just dropped everything right away. In fact, I actually canceled my classes for the second semester because I was going to take a leave and I got so scared and it wasn't even just parents, man. It was like, what, what are people yeah. going to think of me? Uh, I like, I came from this environment where you go down this path and now I'm suddenly veering off yeah. the road less traveled. And so I really struggled with that. I didn't have anyone I knew who did something different. So I literally uncanceled all my classes, uncanceled my housing like a day before the semester ended get back to school. Ohio State wins the national championship like my first night back for the second semester. Kind of go on a bender, right? <laughs> Naturally. <Everyone> celebrating. <laughs> and, then, and then wait. And I remember the, the morning after was awful. Um, and I was hungover. And I just, but it wasn't even that. It was that I've, here I am in an environment where everyone is so happy, right? Like 50,000 kids, the school just won. The, the pride is unreal. And I feel like a fish out of water because I feel like I'm the only one not happy here. And it, it took me literally going back to school. And then after that first week, I got all my money back and, and ended up leaving because I, it was like a confirmation yeah. of I'm really not supposed to be here right now. Wow. Yeah, bro, man. What you said is real. I mean, there's definitely like undue peer pressure, right? Especially coming from like this bubble where things are supposed to be laid out in this linear path for you. Um, there's a lot of pressure to like not, you know, skip a step and to not break away uh, for fear of being judged and so on and so forth, bro. So with the leave of absence, man, I mean, what did you think was going to happen when you took that leave of absence and, and what actually did happen? And why do you think that changed? There was a disparity between your thoughts heading into the leave of absence and then what actually transpired on the back end? Yeah, it actually all came down from one question. And this is the question that gave me the, that empowered me to drop out. There's, I was talking with this career yeah. counselor who I had seen initially to talk about career classes. And I think I cried in her office like the first time I went there and it, it, because like, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going through some serious mental health issues and now I'm very open about my mental health. But like back then I was, that wasn't something I talked about openly. And I didn't even like, no. I didn't even know what anxiety was. I, I was experiencing it, but I'd never gone through that. So she really just became someone who was willing to listen and support me. And so she got to know me after a few sessions. And then when I told her, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to do this. So she's like, we went through what's the worst thing that could happen if you leave school. And then she goes, and which is really important because I think when you actually write down or speak aloud your fears, you realize they're not as bad. Um, but for speaking it out, it was like paralyzing me from taking action. So we, we talked about the worst case, which is like, maybe I die, yeah. but I could die in school. Like a girl was killed in a car accident. And I remember thinking like, what if that was me? I would be dying on a path I didn't even care about. But then it was like, she said, what is the best thing that could happen? And when she said that, I literally sawed my head oh, traveling man. and writing a book. And which is so funny because I, I had the vision and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I, of course, <laughs> I had no idea wow. what that would entail in terms of the four months traveling, backpacking Guatemala without a cell phone. I was 18 year old who didn't speak a lick of Spanish. And then of course, what it takes to write a book, how to you know, support myself, how to monetize it, how to get it out. But I think 
there's a beauty of being naive and a beauty of just having a vision that pulls you. Because I think if anyone in any endeavor, and I'm sure you know with the podcast, if you knew all the things that go into starting something, you probably wouldn't start. But when you're pulled by that vision, and I was pulled by this exciting vision, um, (laughs) it's like he who has a why can bear any what. I think that's like a a Nietzsche quote that I might have butchered a little bit. But my why was so strong and that that vision that pulled me. And so that got me through all the roadblocks and, and blips that, that nonetheless come on, on any journey. Wow, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think that's super epic. Um, what I take from that is you actually gave yourself the chance to consider the possibilities. I think so often we try to like really control our situation, right? And, and a lot of us looking to control our situation is avoiding pain and fear. And so our minds is going mm-hmm. to the worst thing possible. And I, and I love how you talked about like speaking it out loud. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, why is that so empowering to write down the fear or to write down the vision or to even say it out loud? Like, what did that do for you in terms of creating a momentum and a fuel to get you to actually take the action steps? Yeah, great question. And this is actually something Tim Ferriss talks a lot about in his uh-huh. decision making. He does the same thing. I didn't even know who he was back then. But essentially this counselor was the one who asked me it. So I got to verbalize it. And then later on, I wrote it down, but I wasn't even conscious of my own fears. And so when she started saying these things, I realized that I thought me dropping out equivalates to being a beggar on the street and, and shaming yeah. my family, like quite literally. And so when, when I, when I said that aloud to her, I was literally laughing because I know who I am and I know I'm lucky enough to have a family who could support me or friends who, if I need, I could crash on their couch. So like, realistically, I'm safe on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I could get food, shelter, you know, that's covered. Yeah. And then in terms of like the shaming my family, um, and that was like a real pressure. I'm like, am I going to throw away this opportunity that my, my grandparents have earned for my parents, which have provided me to get an education? But yeah. again, like seeing my, my father's path and, and knowing like I have a drive and a work ethic, like I know who I am. So it was like that reminder of like, you know what, I'm going to just give this, I'm going to commit to this path, but give it everything I, I can. But it, it did, I had to like face and understand that fear and like be able to verbalize it to be like, oh, that's what I'm scared of. And then kind of like be able to mm-hmm. laugh about it. Um, but I think before I get to the point of verbalizing it, it was like this, I couldn't articulate what the fear was, but it was stopping me. And then by doing that process, and and I've done this many times again after, but I just write down. And it's interesting to see when you start writing, the loopholes in your head start opening up and all these cords that are tangled can kind of be flattened out as an analogy. And then you can see things clearly. And that's that's what that exercise has done for me a few times. Wow. Epic, man. Epic. So you go on the leave of absence, you end up in Central America, I'm assuming a place you've never been before yeah. <laughs> on a one-way flight. Correct. Like, what's that conversation like in your mind, man? I mean, we think something like 70,000 thoughts per day. And so in my mind, that's 70,000 opportunities to talk yourself out of why this is potentially a very dangerous situation and you have no business being there. What's that conversation like in your mind and, and how do you find a way to you just open yourself up again to the possibilities of what that experience could bring to you? Yeah. And great question, man. It's it's a balance. To say that I wasn't fearful um, would be a complete lie because I was totally fearful. Um, I think it was a mix of like <laughs> reading other people's stories, like to know, oh, other people have traveled alone in foreign countries. So reading about other people's experience because 
you know, don't get me wrong. I read articles about how dangerous Guatemala is, although I never once felt threatened or in, that's not fully true, but uh, <laughs> I, there was a few like minor incidences, but um, you know, and go to any the south side of a lot of major cities it's it's a lot nicer than that so i think it was just a mixture of being realistic and educating myself but then also you know at some point just trusting myself and and realizing like there was something inside of me that was pulling me and for different reasons Mm -hmm. Uh, the reason i chose guatemala was because i was fascinated by latin american culture one spanish um, bit, played soccer yeah. my whole life. So I realized soccer could be this universal language. And then I found this site called Workaway, which connects travelers and volunteers. And volunteers can work in return for food and board. And I didn't have much money on me. So I just found this opportunity in, in Guatemala on this guy's site. And it called out to me. And I felt safe in that way because I'm like, okay, I'll be with some volunteers and locals in the community. And that was kind of like all I needed to kind of get me started. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And that's like the beautiful thing about traveling, man. Growing up, I spent a lot of time in Central America as well. I, I would hit the Dominican Republic every summer to do like, yeah, one-off mission trips. We always had like a beautiful host family we'd stay with. And I don't know, man, I just always felt so alive because there's something about being in a place that you're not accustomed to. It, it just, at least for me, it heightens my senses. I feel like here in America, I don't know, man, a whole day can go by and I, I just kind of forget what the hell even happened because I'm kind of like in this automatic way of living my life. Whereas in a foreign country, I mean, bro, it smells different. There's sounds, there's different language, the barrier with the language. Like there's so much that forces you to be present um, that really opens up your eyes, like truly opens up your eyes to like the life that is happening around you. So uh, I love that you had that experience, man. Yeah, well said. And, and I would echo the same experience for me. And, and I find that whenever I'm stuck, putting myself in a physically different atmosphere always kind of helps me get out of a rut because, yeah. you know, novelty helps rewire the brain and, and open up some neuroplasticity. And I think travel, of course, yeah, if you man. have the opportunity to do so, especially in a foreign culture, is a great, great way to do that from your surroundings, the language, like you said, the smells it opens your mind. Yeah, bro. So you get back to the States after your time in, in Central America and and something moves you to write a book. I mean, like, I know a lot of 18 year olds always talk about me. Oh, you should write a book, man. You should, you know, but like not that many actually do it. Like, what was that mechanism in your mind? That's like, yo, I, I got to get this experience out to the masses and I'm going to choose the vehicle of a book to do so like that's pretty audacious on your part in my opinion yeah you know it's funny it's almost like i wrote the book for myself in the way that i almost equivalent to the hero's journey i was this guy i yeah. was on this path then all of a sudden i was hit with like a quote-unquote hardship and i needed to get out of the hardship and so i had to go on this journey of self-discovery and healing which it totally was for me and on that journey i learned mm-hmm. things on the way i learned from people and experiences and it came full circle. I really felt like I achieved a place of peace and purpose going from anxiety, depression, all these skin problems breaking out all over my body. And so if I could do that, I figured I needed to share my story. Also learning because at the time as well, when I was at college, one of the things that really troubled me was that I felt like I was on Instagram and just seeing everyone's happy highlight reels. And I was like, am I the only one who's like this depressed and anxious? I just felt yeah, um, I yeah. felt like, quote, like literally wrong because I'm like, why am I feeling this when no one else is? And of course, that's not the truth. 
there's millions of uh, college students and young people and people of all ages who are experiencing all these issues. And I thought it'd be really important for me to talk about it openly and honestly. And so that was a huge motivation for the book and in speaking as well. Yeah, man, I've heard several content creators like yourself talk about it from that light, like, hey, you know, my content is almost like a journal or a blog, like for me. And by focusing on, you know, that internal aspect of creating that information, I feel like to your point, it, it sort of invites other people to come along, you know, to kind of create this like level playing field of like, hey, listen, man, like I've struggled too. Like even when I started putting stuff out through the podcast and through Instagram, I had a challenge at first because I was like, oh man, like, am I oversharing? Is this, is this weird? Like, am I going to be like that, like sob story while everybody else is like, you know, posting Range Rovers and all this epic shit here in Denver. And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, it just feels good to be real. Right, bro. Like, why do you think that we struggle being real? Is it again, the manufactured bubble that many of us grow up in? Uh, is it because we haven't had enough practice opening up and just being authentically us? Like, what do you see there? Because I know you, you deal with lots of people. Yeah. And I think there's an art and a balance, right? Um, because authentic, like, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. authenticity is like a, a key word, I feel like today. And like vulnerability, like brand, mm-hmm. brands it's are buzzy. trying to be authentic and vulnerable. And like, and I think <laughs> yeah. you can read through it. Like, you know, people have BS monitors and you, you can tell when someone's genuinely being on and not. And I think, you know, everyone yeah. has their different style and it feels right to them. For me, my the way that like I, my barometer is just, if it, I don't really have like a, a methodical process. It's very intuitive. I just feel <laughs> if this feels right, I like, I can't even explain it better than that. It's just a feeling. But I think sometimes people potentially overshare to the point of maybe being a victim. And then I, I don't think people like that where they're like, I don't want to just hear the soft story. But at the same time, if you're just posting yeah. about you sipping pina coladas in Thailand and driving nice car like that 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 worth the humanity and the connectedness in that so i think i think you can share both but i think it's for me been a reminder it's almost a feeling like if i'm a little nervous to post something because i feel like i'm hitting mm-hmm. on an emotion for me that a i might be a little shameful but and then i share it oh it's mm-hmm. a liberation and then i know when i share that that i can hear other people when they respond hey you just yeah. hit a nerve with me and i think there's a power about sharing our own perceived weaknesses because it's a liberating for yourself to share it. Cause now you're like, wow, that's off my chest. The world knows, <laughs> but then B you get to connect with other mm-hmm. people who are going through the same struggle. You know, we have different uh, names, different ethnicities, different cultures, but we're all experiencing the same emotions. And I think that's the power of sharing both the good and the bad, the dark and the light. Yeah, man. And I think it's so, it's so important for us to start to find ways to do that in a way that feels true for us because it gives others a permission to do Mm -hmm. so as well. It's kind of like, Hey, it's okay. Like, come on in, join the Kumbaya circle. And who doesn't love to be like guided into something that is like, you know, real and meaningful and that actually means something. That's why I liked about what you said with touching on the emotion. Like even when I'm making content myself, like I, I try to only post things that feel something for me, like that, like make me feel something. That's when I feel like, all right, like I'm, we're onto something here that, human beings will be able to tap into as well. You know what I mean? So I love that, man. Um, I want to talk about hardship. Hardship is something that, oh, well, dude, it's hard. <laughs> um, especially, you know, be, being a young man, like, like right now, I'm 29 years old as we're recording this. I'm not sure how old you are, but I feel like being a young person, man, like there's something shameful 
and very uncomfortable about experiencing hardship, man. And I think that we do our damnness to avert hardship. I know that you recently were diagnosed with Lyme's. Can you tell us about that story? And can you, can you walk us through what stage of life you're currently in um, post that diagnosis? Yeah, great, great question, man. Again, you asked some, some darn good questions. But to set the scene, uh, right before Lyme disease, I was, and I say this, but right, like sometimes I, I could be um, like idolizing this time, but I, I really felt like I was the happiest I've ever yeah. been. I was 22. Um, wow. It was summertime. I was in the best physical shape of my life. I had started a company two years prior and we were starting to do really well. We yeah. had about 30 people in the company. I was making the most money I'd ever made. Never been in love before. was dating this girl that I was falling hard for. Um, and then oh, quite literally overnight, I wake up and I think I'm just getting the flu or something. And after like two weeks, it's not going away. And I'm having extreme fatigue, like pounding headaches, exhaustion, sore throats, can't sleep. And that was a point about like two weeks in, I was like, okay, something is wrong. And to kind of summarize, I had to stop working. Uh, that relationship ended. And the worst part is I'm getting blood tests. I'm getting every test you can think of. And these doctors have no idea what's wrong with me. So it felt like I went from the highest of high to the lowest of low in just a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it really shattered me. And, and again, that question, I'm like, what the heck, God, universe? Like, why are you doing this? Like, I had just, I'd worked right. so hard the last few years. I paid my own path. I, you know, I lived on a dude's air mattress. I lived with my parent on my mom's couch, like really trying to hustle to make this dream. I finally am starting to like make some strides. And I'm like, really universe? Like you're going to do this right now. Um, <laughs> now. Yeah. And yeah, not going to lie. The, the next five months were the darkest of my life. Um, and you know, I finally got diagnosed after five months, but there was a hopelessness and reading about online of people who had chronic illness of like the pain and, and how no one's been able to help them. And I went through about a two week period in February that was really dark. Um, it wasn't suicidal in the sense of like any taking action, but I was starting to, I would wake up with severe anxiety for this two weeks of like, like pondering, maybe I should just end this because I felt yeah. so ill literally. And then I felt no one could help me. So that, that was definitely, um, it was like a very prolonged, long, dark night of the soul, if you will. Finally got diagnosed with yeah. Lyme disease and, and I'm thankful, right? Like even in this circumstance, uh, I had some money saved and also my, my parents were able to help me out a little bit cause I, I stopped working, um, just to pay some of my medical bills yeah. and my rent. Um, so I'm lucky to even have that because it breaks my heart to think about people who don't even have the support because Lyme is such a complex thing and whether it's Lyme or something else. But yeah, there, it was just a really dark because I, I didn't feel good. So I, I didn't even have the energy to see friends. I would get headaches from every little thing. So I would just lie a lot at home in bed, but I couldn't even sleep. So, you know, when you're not sleeping, it's really hard to, to feel good. But yeah, after about five months, yeah. I, I finally... Luckily, it only took five months. Some people don't get, get diagnosed for years. And so I've been on a, a couple different protocols and, and, I, and I do progress. Now. I'm about eight months in um, from when all the Lyme stuff started. So yeah. one of the things that, that really helped me out was, uh, I mean, there's a few different things, but was I made the decision to start my podcast back up again and start creating because I'm a creative person. And 
And I think yeah. one of the fears that I had was I didn't want the illness to define me, um, which a lot of people who have Lyme, unfortunately, they identify with it. And look, I get it because you feel so um, misunderstood and left out and that no one understands the type of pain you go through. And it's real. And I fully get that. But I knew I'm like, I need to have something that, I, that can take my mind off of it. And like right now, man, I have a little bit of a headache. Like it, it, it's not like it's, uh, I still have a ways to go. But even in this conversation, I'm experiencing like a flow state. Like I'm in this and it's, that can take away from the pain that I'm going through. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. in the last two months, especially, I have noticed some progress, which to be honest, is it the antibiotics? Is it my clean diet? Is it the meditation I'm doing? Is it surfing? Is it creating? <laughs> is it mindfulness? I don't know. It's probably a collection of all of them, but I can say that I've turned a corner and and to answer your question, I also on, yeah. on the darkness and the hardships, I think the story is being written. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a believer, like everything's happening for me. And it's, mm. and, and I will tell you this, when you're in that dark, hard place, it's really hard to believe that everything's happening for a reason. And I would hear people say that and, and I believe it now, but I'll tell you when I'm having my bad days, yeah. I want to punch someone in the face when they tell me that I'm like, Trust me, man, if you're experiencing the pain I've been in, like you would, you grab your health every, like you would not want the lessons of this thing. You just want to be healthy. It is bad. But now that I am starting to feel better, like I'm just yeah. believing everything happens, right? And then I'm a believer that if we don't consciously choose a reason for why it's happening, then life is just lifing and we have to consciously choose the future we want and, and create meaning out of life. Yeah. So for me, I believe that this is taking me in the direction it's supposed to be. Did I have that thought? for the first few, like five, six, seven months? No. Am I getting there now? Yes. Do I know what it's going to be? Nope. But I have yeah. that belief that it's happening for me because honestly, if I didn't, I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast, but it's like, why the F, you know, like, why the fuck did, why the fuck did I get Lyme fuck disease? Yeah. Like, I got to believe on some <laughs> level that that's leading me to something greater. Because if I don't <laughs> believe that, it, it honestly just messes with my head. Like, why would this happen? So um, whether it's true or not, I don't even care, but I'm just going to believe it because I feel like it serves me in, in my happiness and growth. Wow. Dude, I'm very happy to hear that you're in a better, I guess, headspace with the entire situation. I mean, you just radiate life, man. You just radiate goodness and light. And, uh, it would break my heart and I don't even know you <laughs> um, to see an unfortunate circumstance given that temporary hardship. And, and that's the thing with hardship is that and I want you to chime in on this, bro. It's, it's seldom for the duration of your life. Like for all intents and purposes, it is a very small part of your life, right? Where you're having to adjust to this new uncomfortable feeling or this new difficult situation. And it's moments where we get so close to giving up that there's oftentimes a breakthrough on the other end, right? Like, can you talk about that at all? Because mm -hmm. I, I know there's somebody listening to this right now that like just needs that glimmer of hope or maybe that, that better understanding that right when they think like, you know, their nose is to the grindstone and they can go no further that like, there's just a little bit more that they have to be able to make it through in order to turn a corner. Like, I don't know if you've got any stories or anything you know, like top of mind you can share. Yeah. I, I think that's such a brilliant and powerful piece that you shared and why and how it works like that, where when you're at your edge, the, the silver lining and yeah. the light comes through I don't know. But one thing that did come to mind when you said that is, and I know this to be true from my prior skin issues and that first kind of depression I had about five years ago with the anxiety too. And in this, 
And I talked with a friend who she actually went to prison for two years. Um, uh, she was actually on my podcast as an incredible story. And she told me this and it carried weight because of the journey. She's been through some tough yeah. things in her life. She's like, you are you're being asked to go on this journey and experience things that, to be honest, a lot of people will never have the understanding of like the pain that you may be going through. But I promise you, when you are out of this, you will have like the depth of your lows is also equivalent to the depths mm. of your highs. So I even feel this now and I'm not even better. If I'm having a good day, man, I feel like I'm on MDMA <laughs> for no reason other than I'm feeling good. And so I think, you know, for someone who's going through the darkness, like I promise you for how low you're going is the equivalent of how high you can go. You know, life, I like to look at it like an EEG, right? When you flatline, you're dead. And a lot of people are living a lot, like alive, but they're alive, but they're not quote unquote living. They're in monotonous lifestyles. They're not challenging themselves. For They're kind of just in that steady mm-hmm. middle lane. And if you have been going through a hardship and you are in that down, I just invite you to realize it's going to go back up and you're going to experience the yeah. of bliss that most people won't even be able to understand because they haven't hit the depths that well said, man. Okay. Now playing devil's advocate. If, if you're on the high, like, and I'll use myself as an example, like things have been pretty good for me for a while, life wise, health wise, career wise, like, bro, maybe you can help me through this. I have like this little thing in my chest. that's just like, man, like any day now, like something awful could happen. And I'm a big basketball fan. Like I think about what happened to Kobe Bryant earlier this year. And I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like this was a normal day for him. Just going to go play some basketball with his girl, with his daughter rather. And and then the unthinkable happens. Like, do you have any advice for anybody that is feeling a little anxious about an impending bad situation coming to their life. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that. This is such an important question. And I've dealt with the same thing when stuff's going good. I'm always like, I'm waiting for it to get shit to go south. There's a book I would recommend called the big leap. Um, and it talks all about this. He calls, he calls it the upper limit, upper limit problem. And he deals with a lot of executives and and really successful people on the, on the finance side. And he finds like after they'll sell a company or they'll have this huge milestone, they almost all self-sabotage because on some level, they don't believe they're worthy of whatever they're getting. And I, and I fully have felt that like a thousand times. So I would recommend just reading that book to the fact that you can be aware of it. But, um, you know, you, it sounds like you're in a really good frequency and yeah. you know, abundance begets abundance. So I would say, keep riding that wave. And at the same time, like the inevitability of life's ups and downs. So like, Will life dip again for you? Yeah. Probably because you're a human being. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, we can ride different waves and you could be riding a high for a few years and then have a challenge. And it doesn't always have to be this like drastic fall. Um, I think there's a, there's a power of like yeah. a certain frequency of feeling good. You have everything aligned and you can continue riding and, and, and in using yeah. your work and service to impact yeah. people and you can keep riding up. So I think that's one thing I would say with a little bit of a, a contradiction on the other is, and this is the thing that I've definitely learned with Lyme, man is mm. dude, this life is uncertain. Right. And we time, we hear people who, you know, they're like embrace every moment of life People who've nearly died. will tell you how amazing each breath is. And, you know, I've always heard that and, and genuinely it's resonated with me, but it wasn't until Lyme, where literally my life got felt like it got flipped on its head overnight that I really realized the impermanence of life and how yep. 
I always just thought life was going to be a certain way for me, man. Like really, I was like, you know, I might have challenges, but like, I'm going to just be on this path. And then the line thing made me realize at any moment, whether it's health or something else, you know, I could lose a yeah. leg in a car accident. Like your life can change. So in the, the blink of an eye, and that's just a truth. And yeah. I think that's also what gives life meaning. And in the importance of gratitude is because we don't know where this thing is going or when it's yeah. going to end or how it's going to shift uh, is to embrace each moment and live and, and live and, and say, you know, speak your truth, say the things that are on your heart and chest, tell the people you love that you love them, go after the things that you want. Because the reality is like, like with Kobe, who would have thought that that, that tragic no. thing could happen to he Kobe Bryant? You don't think that happens to someone like Kobe. Yeah. Like maybe you know, Billy, Bob, Joe, you know, down the street, but not Kobe Bryant. But I think that was a reminder that we're all in this human experience. And oh, man. we have, you know, thank you for sharing that, bro. Thing. Just, just remembering that, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna definitely check out that big leap book. And I'll have that linked in the show notes for anybody else that's interested in checking that out. Um, before we transition, I know we're coming up on time. I do want to be respectful of your time. What's your stance on, like, I know you're big into visualization. What's your stance on speaking things out in the universe, like both good and bad? Like, do you carefully audit words that you speak vocally or what's your take on that? I'm just curious from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, I think it's a fusion. I'm not. Yeah. And I think there's a huge, and you know, you don't even need to take my words for it. You know, there's like, as a man thinketh yeah. and all these books that have been, you know, think and grow rich, you know, the secrets of course, really big. So, uh, lots of people who are very successful have actually, yeah. I do. And I, I used to be much more strict about it. Like I will say things here and there, but one thing I'm very conscious of is like, when I talk about Lyme, like I don't, I always try and say that I don't have it. My body is going through Lyme uh, okay. uh, to try and not identify with okay. it. So I try and be conscious and not use the words that like I'm or I'm ill, I try and not say that because, you know, I am, you're saying that that's your identity and identity is such a powerful, you know, we act in many ways because of the identity we perceive ourselves as and we want to be congruent with that identity. So for me, I try and try and be very mindful of like what I'm identifying with. Yeah. And, and to the reverse, and I've actually heard Bill say this, like, like use words and, and identify yourself as the version that you want to become. So if I want to become someone who's very self-reliant, I'm going to use words that are going to be congruent with a, a version and image of Jake that is self-reliant. So I have my practices where I, you know, visualize uh, myself in the future. And uh, I've gone through waves with affirmations. I'm currently not writing affirmations every day, but I think there is a power to it. And as, for me, the big part is from a conscious stand, what not to say. Yeah. And then for me, in terms of visual visualizing, it's more, I try and um, meditate on the feelings I want to experience in life mm -hmm. and just kind of keep drawing that into my, that's like my visualization kind of dreaming practice, if you will. Bro, I love it, man. Dude, I feel like you're known for all these incredible things. This awesome content creator on YouTube and your podcast, this speaker, this guy that you know, in the 20 some odd years you've been here has probably lived four or five lives over. Uh, in my opinion, man, I feel like you're just a great representation of a person that is not afraid to like go in deep, ask some really challenging questions and actually take action on whatever comes up for you, even if it means, you know, traveling the road that is not typically chosen or travel, man. So I just want to commend you for that, man. I just want to thank you for being a real one, bro. 
Um, before we transition to the random round, where can people continue to like follow the journey, man, and, and just get plugged in with you? Because you're doing such a, some incredible things, I think. Thank you so much for that, Carl. And I can yeah, say man. the same exact thing about you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn. It's H-E-I-L-B-R-U-N-N. And it's just my name really on YouTube. My website's jakeheilbrunn.com. The podcast, if you put in my name. So that's probably the, the easiest place to find me. Awesome. And your content's epic in that it's so real. Is, is it just kind of, is it just sort of like a little bit of like a peek behind the veil as to like the day to day as you do all these things and battle lines or what can people expect from the YouTube? Because I know that's something that's a newer project for you. Yeah. Great question. The podcast, similar to you, I interview people I'm fascinated about, whether they're the head of uh, like groundbreaking neuroscience technology, uh, entrepreneurs of big companies, um, professional athletes. It's just people that are live in life. Um, YouTube, it's a, it's a, it's a fusion right now. It's, it's not super niche, but it's, it's a mix of like, uh, vlog, but also, uh, different lessons and experiences ranging from health to, um, political things. So right now that's been more, it's like a different side of myself that's being expressed. That Interesting. isn't the podcast is a different, uh, vehicle or platform for expression. So the yeah. YouTube is a little bit more fun, but a little bit more of a behind the scenes, whereas the podcast similar to this is, is authentic, long form um, conversations. I love it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, there are layers to this man. So go check him out. Jake, you ready for the free time five? Just fun five questions to kind of have a little bit of fun with you and get to know you a little bit better. Let's do it. Awesome, bro. What's your favorite thing to do in your free time when you're not, when you're not creating content? Surfing. Oh, nice. I've always wanted to try. I'll have to, whenever I make it out to Southern California, which will probably be later this year, I'll I'm taking you, up, you man. surfing, man. Try it out. We'll get hooked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I ask this of every guest. So imagine potential was a physical location that you could travel to, right? On a map. What would be more fun for you, bro? Would it be the journey there or just arriving in and of itself? Mm. Well, my mind would definitely think the journey or the, the destination is what I want, but my experience tells me the journey is the game. Love it, man. Favorite podcast episode that you've done on your show that people should check out? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the one that comes to mind is I interviewed her. name is Ran Mustafa. She, she started a company called Soul Food uh, Cookies where they basically make cookies and other health products and consumable goods that would be otherwise thrown out uh, foods and restaurants. And I just think her story and energy is incredible. I love it, man. What's one empowering quote you would love to leave with the audience today? Something that you say or something that another person says? I don't actually know who said this, but this has been something I've been saying to myself. And if you're going through a challenging experience is if not this, something greater. And I've been telling myself, especially in the Lyme experience, if not this, if not the life that I thought was perfect and high, then there's got to be something greater. Love it, man. And last but not least, I know you're big on visualization. I want to be your witness. I want the audience to be your witness today. Where are you going to be in the next six to nine months, man? Personally, professionally, oh, whatever. Question. However you want to interpret that. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, that being said, I hope to be <laughs> continuing to express myself creatively and working with a company that aligns with my values and, and helping move a mission forward and staying healthy and active. And so however that, that fusion transpires is I'm open and happy with. Love it, bro. Can't wait to see you crush it, man. Thank you for coming on, Jake. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Carl, and for asking such genuine and interesting questions. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com chat. That's Carl with a K. S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15 minute free Zoom call with me and I can't wait to see you there.